even the pressure on myself to 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 be good at something was is the wrong um is is the wrong idea in general like now thank i mean thankfully for this for this uh pandemic i realized the the the, the mandate was never to be the best or the mandate for me isn't to automatically be good at something but the process in terms of how to get there is what I do enjoy. I mean, it, it's exciting now. It's always been exciting to sort of try to, to try new things for me, but I've been there where it's just like, damn, I'm not getting this. This is not good. You know, I can't, and I'm used to being able to take pictures and show them. Like I'm used to, being able to uh, every single wedding I, I shoot, I try to get one portfolio image at the very least. Um, two to five images are like ideal. Like if I can have two to five images that are exceptional um, to show my my talent, um, I'd be very, very happy. But I just need one. And um, translating that over to something that you're doing like new, it, being new and keeping that pressure on yourself was something I was doing before. It just never worked. So just realize like, yo, you're not good at this right now. Um, give yourself some 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 room to grow, you know, and be better. Like, you didn't become, like, if you want, right, so if I show you my first, like, wedding, um, you'd be like, dude, you should have gave up. Um, <laughs> and then just understanding that I need to give myself some grace from, you know, I started in 2009 and we're at 2020 right now. Um, there's a progression, there's a growth. So forget trying to be great. Forget trying to be like Joshua Duane of portraits. Just try to create something. Joshua for his wedding work. But since the start of the pandemic, Josh has been pushing himself outside of his comfort zone and exploring the creative potential of portraiture. The results have been incredible. Josh is also one of Image Salon's ambassadors, and I've really been looking forward to interviewing him. So I've been going back and forth on like where I've wanted to start this interview, and like typically when I'm doing these interviews, I start with the question of like, what originally drew you into photography? Just to have some consistency there. But I was recently watching that Nikon Defying Images uh, session that you did. And I, I just kind of want to touch on like the first image that you shared there of that like picture you took back in like 1999 that was like the kids at the like water yeah. fountain is like the first one that you had in a gallery. Cause like, what I found really interesting about it is that there was like aspects of that image that are like consistent now, like even in like your wedding mm -hmm. work. And I'm just like curious on like, what's your thoughts around, I guess like natural talent as an artist, like you're kind of just born with the eye or like the development of, as opposed to like the development of the craft. That's a very good question. It's probably like the deepest question I ever got in photography. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a funky sort of thing to think about because you don't. I mean, there are people who have natural talent, and there are people who sort of have to grind to become who they are. I, mm -hmm. Actually, I think everyone has to grind to become something. You you don't you're not born you know with a camera in your hand and taking award winning images um, and creating art. From birth I, I just i don't think that happens yeah but i do think um because i grew up doing art um i've been doing art since i could hold a pencil mm -hmm. i think from kindergarten you i mean we always draw in kindergarten and all the way through 12th grade uh my senior in high school i was in an art program of some sort yeah um i think those elements or sorry, those things that are, are being around in an environment of art um, allowed me the opportunity, especially drawing, allowed me the opportunity to see more than just my subject. Okay. Uh, so in, in, in drawing, you're not just drawing like a thing, like a cartoon or something like that. You're drawing that cartoon with a setting, uh, with an idea, with uh, an agenda. And that translates to, to uh, wedding photography. 
um, you're, you have to be mindful of your backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, how is the subject interacting with the background or, or people around it? So I think those similarities, especially with that picture, um, yeah, I can, I can't, I mean, I didn't notice it until you said it, but yeah, I think um, those things I am certainly thinking about uh, at the tender age of 15 years old. Back in, yeah. Back in, yeah, because I like, it definitely seems like, like the eye was there. Like you can like, like looking at that image, I was like, oh, okay. Like it, like it, like it looked like one of your images, mm-hmm. like almost. And it's, but what you're saying about drawing, okay, to you, just like jump it <laughs> back to you present times is because um, like the other s- series of photos that I was just like blown away by like seeing them come up on your grounds is that series with like the polka dots and like uh, like the blue like lipstick and it's like yeah what, like if you're approaching it as kind of this background of drawing because like that like those type of images that you've been producing is, like really has that vibe of like, yeah, like a composition, like very well thought, like like a painting, you know? And it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's like well, a question there. I, I, will, I will say this. Um, I, I do think a lot of thought goes into the images that I produce. You know, it's funny enough that I took a workshop with Daniel Davina yeah. uh, back in 2014. And they talked about uh, objectives and sub-objectives. Or at least that's what I got from from the workshop. And it made me think about every image that I take, uh, who my audience is. That that was what I pulled from it. I'm I'm, I'm consistently thinking about what am I going to use this image for uh, and who's going to consume the actual image. Like kick it back. So like when you're talking about like who's this photo for, like how is that affecting your decisions of like how you're setting up like the photo and like Yeah. So um I'm I, I think about who's consuming it and who I'm trying yeah. to serve. Okay. Um, I, I when I take specific certain photos, I'm I'm thinking about who I'm serving and um how I want them to receive it. What's mm. The mood I'm looking for, what's the goal, or what's the end goal, um, and specifically that that polka dot uh, photo, I guess with the blue lip that that you spoke of, um, I really was just trying to show my range. Uh, yeah. I think I started out doing portrait photography. That was what I, I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. I mean, you just grab a friend and you just take their picture. Yeah. It's, you're just starting. Uh, and then it's like, I sort of segued my, my way into weddings and weddings became uh, my life for about 12 years. So when this you know pandemic happened and um, I couldn't shoot anymore, it was like, okay, well, I still can take pictures. Uh, how am I going to now change the audience? Mm-hmm. Or how am I now going to take photos and then who's the audience now? Because I'm not taking photos. These photos aren't for my normal Mm-hmm. audience it isn't for brides and grooms it's, it's for people who like portraits it's possibly building a portfolio for uh editors uh, fashion mm-hmm. editors magazines so the blue lip is purposeful um having the polka dots is purposeful and 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 sort of just showing uh that i can think of an idea from start to finish and it's not take a boring photo um in general but that, yeah. that no that does make sense and and I'm also like interested because yeah, it's like obviously COVID has happened and it, like doing weddings isn't really an option for a lot of people. But it seemed for you, it's like you almost just pivoted right away into like doing the portraits and like staying busy and creative. And it's like, and it really feels that like I don't know how much this is playing in but like it feels like you're almost like popping off right now like your portrait work is really having an impact and I'm wondering like how much of a like influence has that 12 years of shooting weddings um, like shifted your approach to portrait work as opposed to like when you were doing it before you started doing weddings yeah it's it goes back to that high school I'm not high school but it goes back to my childhood where I'm, I'm constantly working on my art uh, and, and over that 12 years, it was constantly just working on, on weddings. 
So immediately when we couldn't do the weddings anymore, I was just like, well, I, I can't not do anything, right? Like yeah. you have a you have a camera and uh, there's always been like, I just need to be better. Like it's, it's, it's a constant feel of, I need to be a better photographer, not, not be the best photographer, but I just need to be better. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was immediate. The, the immediate thought was, okay, I've been wanting to do studio photography for, for a really long time. Um, and, and I've done it, but I'm not really good at it. So I really spent the first couple of months um, during the uh, the pandemic, just ch- just trying to work on lighting, like just get an understanding and familiarize myself with the light that I I currently understand now in weddings, um, well, shooting weddings and and my knowledge of light and just trying yeah. to apply that in a studio setting because it it, it does not it come naturally. It didn't come naturally to me. I just didn't understand. It, it literally was just like a foreign. Um, sort of so, sort of thing. So the, the 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 twelve years that I did do weddings, um, well, did do the, uh, the twelve year twelve year plus that I'm still currently yeah. doing weddings, um, and the pivot into into doing um, portraiture, it was solely because I'm just used to taking pictures. Yeah. Um, I was no longer able to do weddings, so it's like, all right, what can else? What what else can I do? And I'm, so I'm not just sitting here. Uh, waiting on weddings to come back because Bryce, I'll tell you uh, the minute my first wedding got canceled because of this pandemic, I really thought it was the end of the world. Like I'm, I'm that doom and gloom person. Yeah. Like, oh God, the world, the world's ending. I need to figure out how am I going to continue to take pictures when um, we can't be in large groups. So how did you bounce out of that? Like, how did you not just spiral out into that like dark place and be like, everything's over. I guess I'm becoming a bus driver. <laughs> Who said I'm not there right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's, it really is just a matter of just not being, uh, not just sitting home and doing nothing. Yeah, I, I did that for a long time after college, and I hated it. I absolutely hated just just sitting home and just not. I mean, that's how I really got into doing photography professionally. Was mm. um, not necessarily just having a job, right? Like just finishing college and couldn't find uh, a job in engineering and just saying, all right, I, pictures is it. Yeah. So um, not wanting to go back to that place, um, sort of what pushed me. And then also, I mean, I have a family to feed. So if there's, yeah. if there's no income coming in, I do have other talents. There are other things that I can learn. Um, and, and understanding that our camera is a tool to do whatever it is. I, I, I sort of made my mind up last year or, or came to the realization that um, I don't need to be, uh, being good at one thing doesn't make any sense, right? Like if you have a talent to be a creator, it doesn't mean that you're, you have a niche in one specific thing. And for my, um, you know, for me it was, I'm not just good at weddings. Like I didn't, I wasn't blessed with a talent to just sh- take pictures at weddings. That, that That's ridiculous. That doesn't even make any sense. But for a long time, um, when you're just sort of doing weddings all the time, you just push everything off to the wayside. Yeah. Um, and understanding that uh, your talent can be applied to multiple areas of, of a particular genre or even just anything in general. Yeah. Um, you, you, I'm probably getting too deep, but no, keep going. As, this is good. As a as a as a species, this is sounding weird. Um, <laughs> keep it going. No, this is what it's about. As as a species, we um, we've always created right, like from creating the first tools uh, to creating monuments and and buildings and things like Easter Island, where we we don't even know how mm-hmm. these are made. We have always created, right, and because weddings no longer happen and because um, my talent or the world views me as a wedding photographer doesn't necessarily mean I can't create in other ways. So this was really the, the, um, the catalyst for me to, to get into, um, to portraiture. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, I really like that. And I think it kind of goes back to like what we started on is that like, although you might have this like, I don't know, like internal eye or whatever. It's like, yeah, you don't come out born as like a wedding. 
photographer yeah. or, or like a painter or like whatever it is. It's like you might, for whatever reason, have like a unique way of seeing the world and then that's going to like transfer into like whatever like your medium is. Because it's like, although your the portrait work that you're producing right now is like, you know, like pretty different from your wedding work, but like there's definitely like a connection. Yeah, for sure. The two and like you can see it. Um, but I want to touch on like, like how does it feel to like, so you're doing the weddings, the pandemic happens and you're like, okay, I need to get busy. So like, how does that feel to go back to like, I guess in some ways like square one and start learning like a new craft? Cause like that, I, like personally, I'm not a fan of like learning new things and like, <laughs> and I can get like stubborn and like, okay, like this is what like I'm good at. And there's like this frustration of like, I don't know. It's like the, the first step of like mastering something is feeling stupid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is there 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 is that period of just feeling stupid like i i would go into and this is funny enough this is the first time like i've tried to do this uh probably like once or twice a year for the past three years yeah um and and that frustration always it was always a turn turn off like i would try something i would ask my wife like hey i want to I'm, I'm i'm let's do it today like let's take some pictures today and I would like try my first sort of like lighting setup and mm -hmm. it wouldn't work. And as we go along, I'm putting pressure on myself to be good. Like I'm putting pressure on myself to <laughs> yep. nail it, you know, um, and initially. And what I realized is that I, I couldn't, I can't pressure myself to be good. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, Even even the even the pressure on myself to 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 be good at something was is the wrong um, is is the wrong idea in general. Like now, thank I mean, thankfully for this for this uh, pandemic, I realized the, the 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 mandate was never to be the best, or the mandate for me isn't to automatically be good at something, but the process in terms of how to get there is what I do enjoy. I mean, it, it's exciting now. It's always been yeah. exciting to sort of try to, to try new things for me, but I've been there where it's just like, damn, I'm not getting this. This is not good. You know, I can't, and I'm used to being able to take pictures and show them. Like I'm yeah. used to, to uh, every single wedding I, I shoot, I try to get one portfolio image at the very least. Yeah. Um, two to five images are like ideal. Like if I can have two to five images that are exceptional um, to show my my talent, um, I'd be very, very happy. But I just need one. Yeah. And um, translating that over to something that you're doing like new, it, being new and keeping that pressure on yourself was something I was doing before. It just never worked. So just realize like, yo, you're not good at this right now. Um, give yourself some 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 room to grow, you know, yeah. and be better. Like, you didn't become like if you want right so if i show you my first like wedding um you'd be like dude you should have gave up um, <laughs> and then just understanding that i need to give myself some grace from you know i started in 2009 and we're at 2020 right now um there's a progression there's a growth so forget trying to be great forget trying to be like joshua duane of portraits just try to create something no i yeah, I love that because like I, like because like that's the thing that so many young, like creatives, like not just photographers, struggle with. It's like, and and like maybe like the internet and like Instagram plays a factor in this, but it's like creatives don't really seem good or that they allow themselves like the space to develop the craft. It's like every time they show up to take a picture, it has to be like that picture and like what you just like mention is like if I go to a wedding and I get one image that's like a portfolio image then like I've done mm -hmm. my job and like the, the the young emerging artists is like don't see it that way like they they have it this perspective like that every image like needs to be that image and they're constantly like comparing themselves and, like you need to be doing better and that intensity like just ends up getting in the way so 
what's what's I guess like like the support system around you or like the internal dialogue that you have when you start getting into that space of like frustration that you're not you're not achieving the results that you want, I guess. Oh, it's funny enough, that that feeling happens all the time and it still does. Uh, I had a conversation with my wife yesterday about like, am I am I am I really good enough? And she's like, I'm not answering you. What are you talking about? Um, and that doubt is funny because that doubt is not normal for me. It's not something that happens very often. It's it just there there are peaks and valleys to my creativity and peaks and valleys to how I feel about my work. Um, and I do empathize with any creative that feels like they have to. Every image needs to be something that's going to grace the cover of Vogue. Um, that is me. I, I feel that way. But I'm slowly changing my mentality. So my, my support system, honestly, and, and, and the catalyst for me to keep pushing is my wife. Um, and, and it sounds like the most cliche thing, but she really does sort of put a battery in my back to, to mm. for me to push on to be better. Um, whether it's um, just general encouragement and just seeing like, like I'm bored or frustrated and she sees me scrolling on Instagram and looking, oh my gosh, honey, look at this, this is amazing. And she's like, well, you're better than that, Josh. Um, whether it's just giving me sort of, you know, that subtle encouragement or if it's during, <laughs> during an argument, like, Josh, what are you doing? Like, you should be doing more. Um, and funny enough, uh, she's always been there. I, I, since we were dating, I've been taking pictures of this woman. Yeah. Um, and, and not only just taking pictures, but she's the one I learn on. Um, and she's the one who allows me that opportunity. And I, I honor her in that way because I know, I mean, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and this is the friend who I started photography with. Okay. He's literally, he's literally the, the, the friend that I followed into photography class. Okay. Yeah. I was in drawing class before and he was like, yo, I'm out of here. There's no girls in here. Um, <laughs> And I was like, yo, you're right. So let's, let's go to a photography. But we were talking and he still takes photos, although he's not a full-time photographer, he still likes photography. And his wife doesn't want to be taking photos. Like she doesn't want him to take photos of her. Mm. She's like not a picture person. Yeah. And, and we were just talking about, uh, well, he was just expressing to me his frustration in not being able to, take photos and I, and I get it like taking, he wants to take photos of his wife and he has a vision of how he wants it to be. And he doesn't want to use anyone else. Right. He sees, he sees the beauty in her and he wants to sort of like bring that out on the camera. So I, I can relate to that because I was like, bro, just find, find someone else who, who will let you be their muse. But he's like, nah, I, I really, you know, I love this woman. I want to take photos of her. Um, but I've been, I've been really fortunate on my side that my wife allows me that opportunity to grow and to, you know, to sort of sharpen the tools that I have in, um, in photography. Yeah. Well, and she's also like a pretty pivotal component of like the overall business too. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. She is, she's my boss. <laughs> the one that keeps me on task. But cause yeah. Cause I'm kind of like experiencing something similar. Like, cause I'm living in, Montreal now and I've always had this idea of coming to Montreal as like a starving artist and like hanging out with the cool kids and whatever but like I'm living in Montreal now in like a loving relationship with a cat um well no like I have a cat with my partner but uh okay yeah sorry that that doesn't sound right um but what I'm trying to get at here is like like how much of an impact has like I guess becoming a husband and a father has had on your approach to your craft? Um, interesting. Uh, so I will say that my, I've always had a love for telling stories. And I yeah. think, um, you know, as a wedding photographer, there's stories, I mean, you can go through an entire day and just sort of see little, you know, sort of micro stories between be it the, the bride and groom or the parents or guests or whoever. Um, it Being a dad and being a husband heightened that, uh, heightened how I look and view, view things. Um, I've always had the interest of sort of seeing things through the eyes of storytelling, but 
certainly it, it does being a, a father and a husband does make you sensitive to everyone else around you um and telling their stories for sure yeah like i sing songs now like if the mother and is dancing with their son like a mother son mother dance like i sing those songs now before i would never like like ah, oh, they're just dancing but now you're sort of living through that relationship and as you're taking those photos you you're, you're seeing you're seeing like sort of small gestures looks gazes tears happiness and you want to tell whatever story whatever feeling that they're having you want to tell um so it does you know being in that sort of situation does allow me the opportunity to try to um tell those stories yeah no i think yeah that makes a lot of sense because i think like definitely in like the recent couple like the recent batch of images that you've been creating it like it really seems like you're able to i don't know like it, they're just steeped in like like emotion like like um like the maternity shoots that you've been doing it's like you're capturing like like that like the wonder of like motherhood in like a deeper way than i think most people are able yeah to see it. that the, the, i mean there there's there's a reason for it um we we had a very hard time trying to conceive mm -hmm. uh, the very first time yeah we had a very hard time conceiving at first and um you know so just sort of just seeing how um how much or living through how much we wanted a child and seeing how important that is and i didn't really get it you know at first yeah. um or trying to have a child i didn't i didn't get it how emotional the process was i just like hey you just do this and you have a child <laughs> but, um you know, sort of living through that uh, that on a daily, a monthly, a yearly basis of trying to conceive, um, you know, time in and time again, and not not being very successful, um, heightened my sensitivity to uh, to um, what mothers go through and how yeah. difficult it is. Um, and then also losing um, our second child, which will be news to a lot of people. Um, um, or, lo or, or losing a baby in pregnancy yeah. uh, also heightened that as well. Is it, it, motherhood is something that's very um, delicate and very sacred and, 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 and special. Um, and I, I will never really fully understand it. Um, obviously, can't carry children, but uh, there is something there that is very special to me. And, and showcasing mothers means a great deal to me, way more than it did before. Yeah. Um, or say, hey, you want pictures? I'll just take. I can take those pictures. But now, uh, I do. I do handle it with kid gloves. I do um, make sure that I. I do want to show mothers in in, in the most amazing light, um, and especially with the society that we have now, where, um, you know, th there's there's a there's a saying which is 100 percent true that the black woman is the most disrespected woman on this earth. Um, it it makes me want to take very like so much more care of their photos, be it maternity pictures, be it wedding photos, or just portraits in general. Um, you know, if if I ever had a duty uh, as um, uh, as a civilian in this in this world, like I'm not a I'm not a politician, I'm not an advocate, I'm not uh, someone who you know has a big platform. But if I can do anything. Um, through the through photography is it's it's showing women black women specifically um, in the best light that I can. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. That's just <laughs> well, because it, yeah, it's like we're living through these like incredibly challenging, like and like difficult times, and like the news from today, like it's like really yeah uh tough wow this is like the <laughs> overwhelming yeah yeah yeah. but I, like i love what you're saying there like yeah like you're like you're not a politician and, and whatever like you're not like we don't have necessarily the ability to change the world in like a grand 
strokes, but when we do, but we're able to like have like little impacts and like where we can. And I think like your ability as a photographer to like really, yeah, you're right. Like capture like black beauty and like the, the like miracle of, I don't know, like motherhood and birth and to be like presenting that in the way that you're presenting it is like, yeah, like just, yeah, it's incredible. Like I don't, and, it, and I think, and like, that's where I try to like keep coming back to you is like when, like what we're going through as a society starts to feel like way too heavy. It's like, what are like, like what are the aspects as like photographers or creatives or like in my small corner of the world, like where can I be having a direct impact? And like, so like, what do you think you can be doing like as a photographer, like outside of like what you've mentioned to be like having a little bit of that impact and like, I think, yeah, like bringing positivity into the world. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I, I do believe like we all play a part in, in sort of shaping uh, culture and how we're viewed. Um, I've always had this mindset during, um, as a photographer, um, early on, I, I was told by, um, I had a job in, a day job and my, my boss was getting married and she, um, I wanted to shoot her wedding. So I, I really did. Yeah. I didn't have any, any, any couples or clients or anything. And, um, you know, I showed her a couple of photos that I took and she said, well, I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm not gonna book you. She was very upfront with it. And I, and I understood, I didn't have the portfolio. Um, but she said, Josh, you really need to diversify. Like I just had black women and it really, struck a chord with me it's it's almost one of those things where like you need managerial experience to be a manager it's like yeah. how the hell can i have it unless you give it to me um and i kind of just i kind of just decided that i i wanted to i wanted to make whoever wanted me look the best like look amazing no matter like who it didn't matter who it is it doesn't matter what color or religion or sexual orientation or whatever. I just wanted them to look the best. It turns out that it was black women hiring me, right? So I was like, well, I mean, if, if this is black women hiring me, I need to I need to put all my energy into making them look amazing and not just take pictures for them with the thought in the back of my mind, like I just really need to diversify. I'm just using them as a tool to get money, but I really want someone else, you know? Um, yeah. So it, it, when you when when I changed my mentality from trying to diversify, trying to broaden the scope of my 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 portfolio into really caring about who wanted me, um, it made me really just at that point it was just like well, um, one no one cares about black women um, outside of uh, in, in society in general, and if I am going to service these women i want to make sure that they are well taken care of it, it from an image standpoint from a look standpoint um i didn't want to i mean this is this is like 2010 bro like yeah weddings wasn't what it was then uh, weddings then wasn't what, what it is now um it wasn't about uh, a look it was about an event it was about uh, experience and i started to say well i wanted to make it be about a look and the experience at the same time i want them to look beautiful. I want them to look glamorous. I want them to look like they're having a good time. And most importantly, I just want in general to show society that these women matter in, in any way that I can. I'm going to make sure that these, these images that I take shine. I'm going to put the energy into taking it. I'm going to put the energy into post-processing them. I'm going to put the, the, the energy into uh, everything that I do into to making sure that these images look good. Yeah. And when can you tell that you've like have like created like an image like that? Like what's the difference between like a picture and like like an image that like pops, you know? Like 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 when like going back to like when you like are at a wedding and you like get that image that's like, yeah, like this is gonna be a portfolio image. Like how like how can you tell the difference? I think I mean it what does it say to you? 
like that's the question I I really I ask myself like what is this image telling me because if it's not speaking to me first and it's not going to speak to anyone um, because I'm just not I'm not going to no one's going to see it so I, I I think about while I'm taking it first the audience and then if I've achieved my goal what is it saying like specifically um, yeah I sort of like make sure I can answer those questions um, and that that's the, I guess, idea around whether an image is, you know, sort of just like an image that needs to be taken, like, like a first kiss, right? Like, those are the objectives, and or there are shots that are unexpected. And those are really ones that really shine in, in, in my portfolio or, or speak to me because it means I was doing my job paying attention as a wedding photographer. And two, it's not something that's common because you can take a really great picture of a bride and groom in like a ballroom with a million flowers and it's beautiful. But what is it really saying? Like, is it just beauty or does it speak to you? And I, I try to like the goal is always images that speak. I mean, the old mantra goes, uh, image is worth a thousand words or image. Yeah, image is worth a thousand yeah, yeah. words. Um, I want the image to speak. Always good though. I mean, because you can take a picture that's a thousand words and it's uh, F-bombs and curse words. And <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't want that, but like, the goal is always to, to, to make sure one, um, that my clients look as best as, as as much as they as good as they can because generally they put the effort in you know you get makeup you get to spend on your dress and then two does this image speak to me and what will it say to everyone else yeah okay i'm gonna ask uh one more question then i'm gonna let you go to respect your time and then i think we'll have to like roll this back so i can i can hang on a little bit yeah i, I can hang on a little bit Okay, cool. Then I'm going to ask a, a couple more questions, but now like the time is your responsibility. Um, so like, this is, yeah, we'll, we'll do this. Um, Cause you mentioned like earlier in this interview that you did like a workshop with Daniel and Davina. And like, I know that you're also teaching your own workshops and I've like been doing these like interviews like a lot now and like what I'm starting to see about workshops is like yeah like go to like a workshop to like you know you're going to learn some stuff and you're going to like help to you know like develop your style but what I'm here let me phrase this in the question but like how important is like the people that you're going to be connecting with at those workshops because like what I'm starting to see is that like I've been interviewing with the like photographers and there almost starts to become like a web that starts to form of like different photographers becoming like, uh, like a support group or, you know, they met at like this workshop and now they're like helping each other develop and refine their style and like pushing each other forward. So like, I guess like how important is that aspect of it? Uh, it's crucial. Um, I am not the photographer I am today without tag teaming. I am not who I am without, uh, there's, a, there's a really good photographer, his name is Chad Pennington. Okay. Uh, he's based in North Carolina now. Uh, we used to live up north with me in Brooklyn. And I, I wanna say that I learned so much just being with someone um, on, a, on, a, on a wedding day. And my wife was there at the time She's, she, my wife's been with me from the very beginning, but she yeah. didn't always start out as a photographer. Um, so uh, Chad used to second shoot for me and I used to second shoot for him with uh, my wife as well as uh, a tag team. And what I what I now know um, that I didn't realize then was that the my growth and the trajectory that I was on is solely based on having someone else with me that um, had a different background. Chad, Chad had a graphic design background. Um, funny enough, we we started weddings at the same time. My yeah. the wedding I was supposed to start for the first time, he booked it, and okay. I I ended up being a guest at that wedding. And I, 
I, I can stand him. I was like, oh, who the hell is this guy? But I, <laughs> but I, I will say that um, collaborating with other photographers, be it uh, portfolio reviews, be it just talking about weddings and talking about business and uh, talking about light and modifiers. And you don't know the nuggets that you will receive from just a simple um, conversation. Um, I was talking to, I did, I, I did a workshop um, in uh, Texas years ago. I think probably seven years ago. Okay. And the workshop was great. Everything about photography was like great um, and super helpful. But the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, nugget that I got was that I was culling the wrong way. And this happened over beer. Like just, we're just talking and we're just walking into a room. We're just drinking. And he's like, yeah, so I normally cull out, you know, and I call the images that, no, sorry. I normally call in, yeah. right? And the photographer said, um, I don't know if you know Ben Crispin. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I call in uh, what I want. I was like, wait, what? You call in, what does that mean? He's like, yeah, I just pick which ones I want. I was like, I said, like, you mean for all this, all these years, I was just picking what I didn't want. <laughs> and it, it didn't make any sense. And, and now it makes perfect sense. Like, why would you pick what you don't want? Because you end up picking way more than you would normally pick if you're picking in. But I say, I, I bring up that point um, because I really do feel that there's power in tag team and collaborating and being with like-minded people um because you don't know what that will set like will that'll send you your trajectory if you're an island and i, I know it you say no man is an island but if you perform in that way um performing like i don't want to work with anyone or i don't want to discuss with anyone or i don't need any education uh i think it's a real disservice i mean Obviously, you can operate a business that way. Obviously, you can be in a, the most amazing photography, probably the best photographer in the world um, that way. But you are really losing out, I do feel, yeah. in, um, in the power of collaboration. Yeah, and I think there's just, like, something about, like, like having that community of, like, other photographers that are, like, on a similar level that are, like, actively in the climb, too. Like, there's going to be things like, that where they're like oh I, like i just came across this like tidbit of wisdom and because i think like often and this is where i get frustrated with like a lot of i don't know like podcasts with like about creativity or whatever it's like you often just hear from the same set of voices and then it's like they've already have like re reached it and then it's like well you just need to work harder and there's like they're for like they're forgetting the struggle of the come up yeah you know? and, like that was like little pieces of stuff i don't know um okay i agree i agree it's, it goes back like i I've, I've heard since day one that i need to find my voice as a photographer right this is like that thing and people are like well you got to find your voice and it's like oh how am i gonna find my voice you know so um and people don't really tell what it takes but the, the truth is that there is a bit of luck that that um that's involved but i think making yourself open to learning, um, making yourself open to explore other things, other genres of photography, other other genres of art in general, um, allow you to absorb much more than just sort of having uh, a narrow sort of tunnel vision in terms of what you want to do. And I think for me, that's been the biggest, uh, one of the biggest, uh, um, benefits is that I, I've been exposed to art for a very long time and in my first uh, art class in high school I mean we were we were uh, studying Frida uh, we were stu studying uh, Sebastian Salgado and this is just drawing like why are we looking at these things we were studying graffiti artists in in New York um, we were studying hip-hop and and and, um, and it, it just it didn't make sense to me at the time but what I realized is that my, my art teacher understanding we're coming from middle school and we might not be exposed to all those things. He was trying to, or he was exposing us to so much more than what we, what we were exposed to before. And once you do that, you just, you, you then now bring other pieces of the world inside of your, 
in, in the side of your artwork. Um, and I try my best. I've been trying for a number of years to just continue to inundate myself with art, uh, painters, um, um, even calligraphy writers, just, just finding something that uh, will stimulate my mind to think in a different way as opposed to just looking and thinking about weddings. Yeah. So when did you, when do you think you found your voice? Like, what did that moment feel like? Like, was there a moment where you're like, oh, like this is what I've been trying to say? Um, funny enough, I don't think I found a voice mm -hmm. uh, um, yet. And I don't know if I will ever find a voice. I'm realizing that your voice probably will change. Um, just like when you're growing up, you have a child voice. Um, and for that particular period uh, in your life, when you're a kid, I mean, my, my daughter, we laugh her, we, we say she sounds like a chipmunk. Okay. I know she won't sound like that for the rest of her life, but the voice that she has now is very cartoony, is very animated in the way she expresses herself. That voice will change, right? Because that's, that's how life is. And as a photographer, um, as an artist, uh, and I put that in quotes, um, if you're doing things the right way, you will change. Like your, your, your voice will change. Yeah. And that's how life is. You can't, you can't expect that you'll say the, th the same things the right, the, the same way all the time. Um, and going back to, um, Picasso or thinking about Picasso, if you look at Picasso's work, uh, he had so many different phases of, of, of his art and, and, and the way he did things. He had a blue period. He had a, a period that was influenced by African art. Um, he had a, a, a period where he just painted things in red. Uh, so understanding that things in your life, whatever time period you are, or whatever, whatever it's, it's, it's uh, whatever you're going through in your life, those things might influence how you, how you speak. So yes, I might have a voice today, um, I can't tell you what that voice is. Um, I can tell you what is important to me. I can tell you what I look for. Um, but I do feel like a voice is better judged or better. Um, it can, you can get a better description um, based from a viewer and not necessarily the artists themselves. Yeah, I like that. Cause, yeah, because I think like we often get in this headset of like looking at it as like finite. It's like once I establish my style or once I get my voice, like it's going to be smooth sailing and I'll like ride off into the sunset and like count the Benjamins. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like not that. And I think like definitely within this conversation, what I've like taken away is that like, it's this like constant practice and like development and like sure. continuing to push yourself and come back sure. to it. So this, this is going to be the last question. Cause like, uh, I, I want to add something. I want to yeah, add. Yeah, yeah. So we're not monolithic at all. Um, and I used to really do, I really thought that um, as a photographer, I had to be monolithic. And I was, and I think to some extent, our industry um, or the wedding industry preaches that, like, you can't, you got to show one thing, you can't confuse your audience. And to some extent, that is correct. Like, you cannot confuse your viewer. But as, I mean, all wedding photographers don't fit into the same sort of box, right? Um, some people enjoy, really enjoy portraiture on a wedding day. They really focus really uh, a lot on that. Some people focus so much on documentary, their portraits suck, right? Yeah. And it's okay, right? Um, but we aren't monolithic and we, we don't shoot the same things and we don't um, uh, express ourselves in the same way. And because uh, we're so different, our voices will be different and it will change. Yeah. Continually, right? Like I told, I brought up the fact that you know uh, our struggles with uh, conceiving uh, makes maternity photography um, much more important to me now, and how we're displaying women. And and had I not gone through that, I don't know if I would care so much about maternity photography. No, you you just wouldn't. Like I I, I don't yeah I don't see like how you would, but it's like <laughs> yeah, like it's just the process because like i don't know if this was a part of the conversation or like a pre-ramble 
before, right? Or, or you definitely mentioned it. Like if you if you saw my first wedding, you you would tell me to like you would laugh at me, like tell me to stop. And like, but you even like kind of reference that, you know, it's like stuff that you were shooting like a year ago. Like you're way better mm-hmm. like now. And I think it's just being committed to that process. And I think for emerging photographers, it's like knowing that it is. Yeah, like it is a process. Like nobody starts out just being like a rock star. Nah, not even rock stars. Have you seen Daniel Davina's work in the beginning? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, to end this interview with this question. Um, yeah, because it like really seems like you're, like from the outside looking in, it seems like you're at this period where like you're popping off, like you're really busy like you're putting out like incredible work and it also seems like you're kind of starting to get like notice and like you know like the different like Nikon features I'm just like wondering like what's next for you where do you think it goes from here um up I hope um but I don't know uh it's a it's a funky it's a funky place to be in in the beginning um, and I do feel like I am literally in the beginning. Um, my goal is to expand my portraiture work. Um, I would love to move into fashion. Uh, it's something that I've avoided. I can't say I've avoided. Nobody's asked me to be in fashion. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that I put off. Like, I just like, ah, fashion has no soul, right? But it only has no soul if you're not looking for the soul in the work. Yeah. Um, and now I'm sort of, embracing and understanding um, how special portraiture or fashion or editorial uh, can be. And it doesn't scare me anymore. I think that's the biggest thing because it scared the living daylights out of me. And it kind of scares me now. But um, as far as what's next, I don't know. Um, I am, um, not to get overly religious, but I am leaving it up to God uh, to, to sort of order my steps. I. I do pray about what I want to do. And, um, I, I, I would love to get into um, editorial work. I think that's the ultimate goal. It's a goal I had in 2010. Yeah. Uh, and um, I put it to the wayside, but hopefully now it's a possibility. Yeah, man, God willing. Yeah, I think you're on the path. Um, yeah, thanks for taking the time. I'm gonna stop recording now and then we can say it official. Thank you for tuning in. I probably turned off the recorder too soon on this one because as we were saying our goodbyes, Josh shared a story of the time he shot a wedding in my hometown of Edmonton, which had me cracking up. Sound mixing and music by Philip Creamer. 